Welcome to the Do Zone, where entrepreneurs go to get things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. You can find me on all social media at JT Literally. Each week, I bring on experts from a variety of backgrounds to share their secrets on how to optimize performance so you can take massive action and crush your goals. If you want to help, if you want help to bring in quick cash and wins for your business in as little as the next seven days, I'm going to give you a simple framework that has worked for me and my clients time and time again at no cost to you. Go to factor1.io now and enter your email address for immediate access. Once again, that's factor1.io. Today's guest is Rhea Aurora. Rhea has an MIT, a bachelor's from MIT and a master's in computer science with a specialty in AI. She has a business doing $1 million in sales and started first business at 18 years old, helping high school students win coding competitions. Rhea, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. So my key to productivity, about oh, it. thank you, Josh, for having me. Um, and yeah, my key to productivity is making your work as close to a video game as possible. You don't need to be pushed to play a video game, right? For people who've played video games before and who love it, you just sit down and you start playing and you want to go back to playing. So when you're playing video games, if that is you, analyze what specifically about the game makes you want to constantly keep playing it. And for me, that was as I go to the different quests, I felt like, okay, I'm getting this like little dopamine hit where it says quest complete. Or there's like 20 different steps in the quest and I'm only focusing on that one and I feel like, all right, I can do this. And furthermore, when I'm like fighting boss battles, it's like, all right, I have this like fun challenge in front of me. But the entire game isn't that challenging, right? Most of the game is like smaller battles. So to translate that into work, all right, if you have this big project, you want to make sure that you break it up into like small doable steps. And after every single step, you sort of reward yourself with like, yeah, good job. Um, and that gives you like that small dopamine hits that make it a little more encouraging. And then to take your tasks, you want to break them up into like easy, medium and hard tasks. So how do you make a task harder? Well, you put fewer, uh, you break it up into fewer chunks. The bigger chunk, the harder the task is. The smaller the chunk, the easier the task is. So find that ideal ratio for yourself between easy, medium, and hard chunks, and then make sure that you break your tasks up into those easy, medium, hard chunks, and you know adjust it as you're doing it so that like when you wake up, you want to work, just like you want to play video games. I love that. Yeah, gamifying uh, has gamification is is one of those terms that's kind of coming into the spotlight lately because it does provide, and and you nailed it. It's it's a hit of dopamine, which is a uh, one of the four main reward chemicals that our brain produces that enhances uh, and encourages us to continue survival behavior, right? And so what what you were talking about there, the the biology behind this, without going too sciency, uh, is dopamine is one of those chemicals that rewards us for behavior that enhances our chances of surviving, right? So you win. Well, yeah. winning makes us much more likely to survive. The other ones are serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin, and those have those are uh, sent out as rewards for different activities that we perform. But dopamine specifically is one of those things that we crave. That's why uh, we pick up our phone, we get on social media, and somebody likes our post. Dopamine, yeah, I want to keep doing that. We we win the quest in the video game. Dopamine, yeah, I want to keep doing that. And so what Rhea is saying is, let's turn our work into a video game. Let's gamify it. Let's give ourselves those rewards because that's what our body's craving. Exactly. That's that's exactly right, Josh. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I didn't mean to take over your, your, your comment there, but yeah, I just, like you said something that's near and dear to my heart. And so one thing that I'm really curious about is, first of all, you built your first business at 18. Let's start there. How did that come about? Because I know that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast right now. Uh, you've got a million dollar business. You're only 22. Uh, I know a lot of people right now that would love to get their business to that level. And they might be twice your age and they haven't quite figured it out yet. That's okay. But we could learn from some things that you probably shortcutted and maybe, maybe even started like, hey, I'm not going to try to figure too much out. I'm just going to do what works. And so tell us a little bit about you're 18 years old, you start your first business and then it's a success. What, how does that work? Yeah. So the first thing I want to say in terms of age is that a lot of times what I've noticed talking to people that are older is they're impressed by my achievements like due to my age. And it's like, that's great. And, you know, they want to have a business of the same size and that's great. But I really think you should, they should just like ignore the age factor of all that, right? Just look at the actions that I'm taking and take similar set of actions and you'll get similar results. I was really blessed and fortunate to be in a situation where I have the freedom to start my own business in a in a safe environment when I was that age. Not everyone has those same resources. Not everyone is exposed to the same ideas of starting a business that early. So that's not something that I earned. That's something that was just sort of handed in my lap and I took advantage of it. So that's the first thing there. Um, but in terms of what that sort of looked like for me, so I was a, I was a freshman at MIT um, and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, we were basically told, go home early for spring break and we'll call you back when we call you back, right? <laughs> and and never so- never come back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, I spent like a week watching TV all week and then I got really bored. And about the same time, one of my family friends was doing this course to start her own business. Um, and I tried to start a business like about a year ago, selling a product for like 200 bucks and I got no sales and it was a massive failure. But anyway, so now that I've had this opportunity with this course, I go through it. I do exactly what it says, you know, step by step. And then I just start trying to sell. And now I'm trying to sell for like a thousand bucks, which is a lot more scary. Um, and to be completely honest with you, Josh, at first... In the first 100 sales calls I did to sell, only one bought. That's like one out of 100. Which is, if you do any sort of sales, you know that's way too crazy low. Um, and I made like 500 bucks from that sale, right? Um, and then now I can sort of close five out of six at like the 5,000 price point. So it's it's completely different, um, completely different, you know, ballpark now. But I think one of those main things is when you're starting, you just need quantity, Quality, don't even worry about it. Just get that quantity in and get those reps in. And then the mistake I made there, which if I were to go back in time that I would change, is I didn't analyze what I was doing and update it. So I should have been analyzing those sales calls, figuring out what went wrong, and then updating. Not every sales call, maybe like every five or every 10 sales calls, you know, sort of analyzing what I needed to fix to update it. And this doesn't just apply for sales. It applies for like, Anything you do in life, you know, if you just spend a thousand hours doing something, you're not guaranteed to get better. But if you spend a thousand hours doing something and every like five hours you analyze, what could I have done better? You're, you're, you're going to keep getting constantly better. So there's two things that I can pull away from this. Number one, I love the fact that you said, well, there's this course on how to start a business and I just followed the instructions. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as that. And, and we overcomplicate it. Well, I went and I start, I followed the instructions. Well, what was the result? Nothing. I failed. I didn't make any money. 
So I reiterated it. And then I tried that and I did a hundred reps of that before I got a sale. But that's progress, right? And once yeah. you make that progress, now that you, you know, and you've aptly figured out, I got to get the reps. I don't have to get it right. I just have to keep doing it because the right thing will present itself. If, if I keep banging my head against the wall, eventually I will realize that I don't need to bang my head against the wall. I need to do something else. But sometimes we just, we got to, we got to do that before we realize it. Yeah. And then sometimes you're banging your head against the wall and you're like, oh, what if I just put a cushion on the wall? Like, <laughs> no, just stop being good. Like, I don't know what it is, but like your analogy game is like on point. Like you're on fire right now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> good stuff. So, uh, so you were able to basically, I want to start a business and you went out and you just did some reps and you got it wrong a lot until you started getting some things right. And as you started getting some things right, it created momentum. And as you started creating momentum, you started improving your process to where now you're closing at 70, 80% at a $5,000 price point, which is 25 times more than what you were charging before, which by the way, if your closing rate's that high, you probably need to charge more money. Um, but but talk us through kind of now that you're here, what is the next step? Now that you've achieved this point, you've hit the seven figures in sales. Where do you go from here? Yeah, I, I want to clarify one thing from previously, right? It wasn't just trying a bunch of stuff until I started to get something, right? That's what I tried at first. And things just, at least for me, they don't just like start working. Right. What I had to do was sit and analyze, like, what am I doing that's going wrong? And what am I doing that's going right so I can keep those things, right? And then go ahead and, and change the stuff that's no longer working and um, and then do more stuff that is working. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like next steps for me here, um, currently, as you might imagine, the coding competition market is quite small. There's about 2,000 people who compete in coding competitions uh, who are not in the most lowest division, who are like second to the highest divisions um, in the U.S., and so that's not like a huge, that's not a huge market. So I sort of moved into taking my um, AI background and helping business owners implement AI and automations to scale their businesses. So next step for me is sort of building up that business and going from there. That's awesome. And so uh, just a quick couple of quick questions about that because AI is on fire right now. I just did a recording uh, with Rob Cressy, or you may or may not know, and uh, we had a session where he was talking about how to create your own GPT and how to master the process by understanding how it works. I've interviewed several people who have gone really far in depth about that. A lot of curiosity about that, especially with entrepreneurs and especially with entrepreneurs who are not super technical. How do we bridge the gap with what you know from being an MIT graduate uh, with a master's degree in computer science and specialty in AI to a guy that might run a home services business who's never been super technical, how do we bridge the gap in having somebody that doesn't have the background you have to be able to leverage AI to grow their business? Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a really good question. Um, so I think there's several parts to using AI to scale your business. The first part is, um, should you use AI to scale your business? And the obvious answer may seem like yes, which that leads into like, what should you use AI to do, right? And I think it's, AI should be seen as a tool. 
you shouldn't just be using AI just because you have AI to use, right? So you still have those basic parts of your businesses that I want to like improve customer experience, get better customer results as number one priority. Then number two, at least for me, my priorities, um, number two, you know, get more customers. So marketing and sales. And the idea is like we, we have certain tasks that we want to do within each of these two categories. So AI, so, okay, sorry, take that back again. So for each task that you could possibly do, it's going to have a certain effectiveness, right? So if I spend, you know, $1,000 an ad, that's probably going to be more effective than just posting to my Facebook page where no one knows. But maybe if I post to Facebook in a year, it'll be more effective. So you have those like balance of how effective every single task is. Then you have how much like research it's going to take. So time and money. So what AI can do is in certain cases, it can make certain things more effective, right? So for me writing um, Google pages that are SEO optimized, uh, that's something that AI can help me do more effectively. And uh, the second part is it can reduce the time and money cost to do certain things. So if I'm giving a presentation, instead of paying like thousands of dollars for a graphic designer to make it look nice, I can now give it to AI and have AI make me a really nicely looking presentation. So it's about using AI to sort of assist the things that you're already doing, at least for small businesses doing, let's say, under like two, three mil. And then when you're a bigger business doing more than that, oh yeah, and if you're doing the smaller businesses, then when we're saying AI, we're not even saying build your own, you know, custom AI for your business, unless you want a chatbot for your website. In that case, like custom GBT is really, I'm sure is the guy you uh, did the recording with and you can check out that recording um, with Josh and and his video, um, it's it's really just like a step-by-step -step process to add that custom GBT to your website. It's just using chat GBT's sort of like format, right? Um, and that's sort of all you need for the smaller scale businesses. So like optimize your internal processes to save you time with automations and then use chat GBT to do some like nice stuff. And if you have a bigger business, now you're getting into the realm of a lot more complicated AI stuff. When you think about like, what do we study in college when we're doing AI? We're not just studying using how do we use ChatGPT, right? We're studying what? how do we, <laughs> yeah, um, we're studying that, how do we... ChatGPT is all there is, right? Yeah, guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're studying how do we build our own models to do certain targeted stuff. So any sort of task you want AI to do, building a targeted model for that specifically. So one common example is like invoicing, right? Big businesses struggle with that. Or another common example is um, displaying ads. So how do we display custom targeted ads, especially for like those apps which sell you different packages? Um, deciding what items to put inside those packages, AI can like skyrocket your revenue if, if you do it right. And I've seen that happen several times. So there you're looking at building your own custom AI product. And, you know, while those could help smaller businesses too, in terms of the cost benefit analysis, the time and money it'll take to build those, like you're going to need like a professional developer, it's just not worth it for the smaller businesses. But if you're a big business, it's 100% worth it because, or even if you're a medium sized business, because then you're going to get an ROI on it. And then you're going to have like, you know, increased productivity, you're going to have to compete in the market a lot better. So I hope that answers your question of, and I rambled a bit, but of, of what no, that's okay. You can no, no, that's okay. I love it. So, so Ria, where can people go to learn more about what you do and engage with you? Um, yeah. So if you're looking for the coding competition stuff, uh, vplanetcoding.com, all one word, vplanetcoding. Uh, there's also a YouTube channel there. And if we're looking for the AI automation stuff, it's automations and AI again, all one word.com. 
and again a different YouTube channel there too. Automationsandai.com. Yep. Is that right? Okay. Excellent. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up to this episode of the Do Zone. Thank you so much to our guest, Rhea Aurora, for coming on and sharing a little bit of wisdom about how she gets things done and how to leverage AI and harness it into your small business. And uh, for those of you who want to learn more, you can go to automationsandai.com. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay. And uh, whether you're on your morning commute in the gym or somewhere out in the field, snap a selfie, tag me at JT literally. Show me what you do while you're in the do zone. One more time, if you need a quick cash injection in your business right now, i got a free gift for you. Just go to factor1.io, enter your email, and I'll give you immediate access. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now, let's get to work. Hey, thanks for listening to the Do Zone podcast. If you're running a service-based business that's looking to grow this year, let's talk about how we can slingshot you into momentum with a quick injection of cash and sales. Our clients typically see results in as little as seven days. To learn more about what we do, you could go to factor1.io. Once again, that's factor1.io. We'll see you next time.